Today on our show, Worf learns a little thing about fatherhood, and the Enterprise hangs 10 on an epic space wave. Hello and welcome to Reengage, the podcast where we watch and discuss episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. Our cultural bridge officers dissect each episode, as well as the pop culture and world events that took place when it first aired. We're a bunch of adults returning to the series we loved as kids to see how it holds up, so let's ride that wave and re-engage. Let's go around the horn. Greg Tito, you're doing a wonderful wave with your hands. How are you? That was Jim Carrey's Ride the Snake from an (laughs) SNL sketch uh, of yore that I still think of. Yeah, so I'm ready to to ride that calisthenics holodeck program all night long. Mm. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Jimmy G, (laughs) thoughts on that? That is spicy. It's good to see you guys. I'm excited to talk about this. I accept your podcast, Father. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we have Eric Curry joining us from from where now? I am in Paris. <gasps> we uh, we got rejected from the uh, the big merry-go-round at the foot of the Sacre Coeur today because we did not have exact change. Um, but we'll go back for ride it. It it must. I, I don't know. I must ride it. All right. Uh, It's lovely to see you all. Hi. Hello. Hello. Well, let's talk about this episode, New Ground, stardate 45376.3, with an air date of January 6, 1992. And our last episode was November 18, 1991. So we had a bit of a break in this time. Uh, Greg Tito, tell us what was happening in the world. Yeah, there was um, a whole bunch that happened here in 1990, well, end of 1991. Uh, On December 1st, the Ukrainian people voted for independence from uh, the USSR. And uh, that that means something now to us as they are still continuing to vote for independence. Uh, On December 6th, uh, Star Trek VI actually came out, uh, The Undiscovered Country. We talked about that when we were going through unification and all the things that meant there, but it was momentous for those of us who are uh, Star Trek fans, as well as uh, I love that it was supposed to be a story about the breakup or, uh, you know, becoming allies of longtime rivals. Uh, and uh, here we see that happening in real time as on December 21st, the Soviet Union formally dissolved. Uh, all of its uh, 11 of the 12 republics signed a treaty forming the Commonwealth of Independent States. Uh, so a totally different thing uh, going on there on December 25th on Christmas. Mikhail Gorbachev formally resigned as the president of the USSR. Um, and on January 1st, Boutros Boutros Ghali of Egypt began his term <laughs> as uh, secretary general of the United Nations. And I only remember that because David Letterman uh, milked that joke for as long as he could in the 90s. Um, and then on January 8th, two days after this episode air aired um george hw bush george w bush's father vomited uh, uh not directly on but certainly near the prime minister of japan uh and it was embarrassing for not only him and his wife uh who ended up having to give a speech in his stead um but uh to the entire nation and uh, uh we turn our lonely eyes to george hw bush to puke whenever we need him to and that is all i got <laughs> I love it. Well, in pop culture, we did miss uh, some bangers, I will say. Uh, When it comes to music, we missed When a Man Loves a Woman 
by Michael mm. Bolton at number one, mm. and a fantastic song, Set Adrift on Memory Bliss by PM Don. Yes. Wow. Yes. PM Don, remember them? Oh, mm. yeah. Christina Applegate, you got to put me on. <laughs> and the number one song uh, this week was Black or White by Michael Jackson, which had that incredible wow. video, remember? Exactly. Yes. Greg is doing the change of the, the face, the head. the head, and they would morph into someone else. I just remember that video rocking my, my little mind. You can't see it, but I'm doing that thing where I spin into a circle and turn into sand. <laughs> <laughs> no that's I, I will remember the time or, or yeah. that was the other one. Oh, damn uh, it that's right that was this is also the video the premiere uh was the extended version where he says and like punches uh and vandalizes a car do you guys remember this mm-hmm. it's like an extended version to the black and white uh, wow. uh video that is very rarely uh yeah it's it's <laughs> yeah he did that towards the later stuff after bad didn't he uh, he released those two versions once, one with the big dance break with no backing music. Lots of scraping of feet. I remember that. And grunting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In movies, we missed The Addams Family. Uh, I know, a classic, especially this time of year. And Star Trek VI, as was already mentioned, The Undiscovered Country. And the number one movie this week was Hook. Mm. That uh. classic. In technology, AT&T released the video phone for $1,499. Sounds reasonable. That <laughs> sucks. Sucks how reasonable that sounds. <laughs> right? I actually was surprised. I was like, oh, I would have thought like it would, be, it would have been $1 million, right? Like in 1992. Right. But I am a boiling frog. <laughs> That's how much a Ford Pinto was at that time, too. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Apple computer chairman John Scully coined the frame or coined the term personal digital assistant. So PDA, PDA went from public displays of affection to personal digital assistant overnight. But uh, I still think that anyone in high school knows what PDA really means because they've been yelled at for it in the halls. And taking pictures of it on their iPhone. Now. Or in my living room. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Daddy Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> the teleplay for this episode was by Grant Rosenberg, story by Sarah Charno and Stuart Charno, directed by Robert Shearer. I always want to say Shearer. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, can you tell us what was happening behind the scenes? Well, I sure can, Kate. Thank you. <laughs> I accept uh, your challenge. <laughs> I accept your challenge. Uh, for trivia fans, what day of Mock was Alexander born? 44th. That would be the 23rd day. <laughs> You're as embarrassed as his father was at not knowing that. Uh, now, let's kick some rocks and really get meta with this birth date. Uh, his star date birth was 43205, which falls somewhere between or near uh, the season three episode of Booby Trap. Uh, that is 304 star date units after Kalar's first appearance. It's 1,041 units before Alexander turns up with mom for reference there are 1,000 units in one Earth year. And that is all I have from the Nemesic Files. (laughs) 
My brain Still hurts. confused about star dates. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Don't ask me what any of that means because I hate maths. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, tell us about our guest stars of Mute. Absolutely. I mean, we got to start any conversation about this episode with Mr. Brian Bonsall of Family Ties fame. Uh, of course, the, the youthful uh, scion of the Keaton family uh, was a household name, I think, probably for our generation before this because they made such a big deal uh, of his addition to what was at the time the number one tv show on earth family ties uh long may you uh apparently rot because you're dead but you know uh, we really enjoyed you while you were here um he retired pretty much right after this uh he went to a couple more things did a couple little uh movies and tv shows but uh, he retired, became a punk rocker, uh, had some uh, addiction and uh, assault stuff, uh, but appears to be clean now, still a punk rocker and uh, not an actor at all at this point in time. Uh, but we remember him fondly as Alexander and move right on to Mrs. Kyle, who is Jennifer Edwards, who continues a tradition this season with hiring the uh, descendants of great uh hollywood families uh royalty certainly again in this case um jennifer edwards is the daughter of blake edwards and is in many of his movies uh, you might remember such as sob or um if i may say a fine mess not not the best remembered uh moments of mr edwards career but uh, I have a soft spot for all of them, and uh, we should watch them. She's probably best known for playing Heidi in the infamous movie Heidi, uh, <laughs> which is perhaps today best known as the movie that interrupted one of the theretofore most exciting games in NFL history, uh, just as the uh, winning drive was about to happen and has forever been known since as the Heidi game. Dr. Jadar, which we'll get to later, is Richard McGonagall. Hundreds of credits, you'd know a lot of them. He's a voiceover, does all of the aliens. Tons of voiceover from about here forward. Before that, lots of great guest TV shots. Great career. Let's move this forward, shall we? Well, let's start this episode proper. We are orbiting a planet that is exploring a new method of propulsion. Jordy is kicking rocks, nerds. He is very excited about this. Oh my God. But no one else seems to be as excited as he is. <laughs> Jimmy, do you want to talk about that? It was hysterical. Another classic Worf moment where uh, Jordy's over the top excited about this. And this the perfectly delivered dry. Yes, it's very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Wrong crowd, Jordy says. And he was like, yeah. I'm going to go find some other people who are going to kill rocks with me. What you do awesome. is like, oh, oh Jordy, there's no way this works. There's no way. This feels like a uh, holodeck episode for you. <laughs> it does feel like me telling people about my D&D campaign, which uh, feels feels right. <laughs> Well, Worf gets a phone call. It's his mother and Alexander. They beam on board. She says, a touch of gray in your beard. Uh, he shakes hands with Alexander, which I find very formal. Uh, he says, how long can you stay? And they and he says, we're not going back. Mm. Credits. Yes. 
Wow. I just gotta say, I do love the phone call. He gets an engineering because he definitely does like uh, Michael Dorn does these great eye movements of like, has anyone, anyone see mom? Anyone see that mom is calling me on the video phone that cost fifteen hundred dollars? Um, <laughs> Michael Dorn does some great acting with his eyes in this episode. Well, and I gotta say, and we'll we'll mark upon it when we get there. But he shakes his head more than I've seen him do in any other mm-hmm. episode as well. And because of that, that Prince Valiant haircut is on full display in this, in this particular episode. It is amazing. After the credits in 10 forward, Worf is with his mother. He says, why does Alexander believe that he is staying? And she hems and haws. Uh, she says three t- different times he needs to be with his father. Amongst other things, we're getting older. He knocks over that lamp that you knocked over. He's disobedient, all that stuff. But three different times, you know, she comes back to the point he needs to be with you. I think she has retirement in mind and uh, this uh, needs to be fixed fast. Uh, anything about this 10 forward mom and mom and wharf? I love this scene because it's well, I, I didn't realize it at the time that um, Worf's parents are Russian. And that had a whole other subtext that, of course, as I'm researching about Russia falling apart and everything happening uh, around this episode, but that she's so warm and he's so warm with her, too. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, you know, we've seen them before and how their relationship is, but it was a nice reminder to see that he had a really good family, a home life with his, his two adoptive parents and yeah. what that means to him. And that really came through here. And I think she lays on the guilt just like any mom would. <laughs> Jimmy? Uh, two things. One, uh, great scene. But the whole time I was thinking, well, you're a bad dad, dude. Like, you should have to be talked into taking yeah. accountability for your son. <laughs> so right. it's not really a guilt trip so much. It is like, uh, step up. Jimmy, stop putting your politics on this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm woke. Uh <laughs> How about the alcoholic in the background who's sitting in the corner cushion just drinking all by himself? Oh, the poor extra. <laughs> I wrote down that like nobody was allowed to talk in this episode, but they kept putting people in every frame. Like there is so many people in this episode and none of them make any noise. It is the funniest thing. <laughs> Good catch, Jimmy. Good catch. Uh, they reach uh, Worf and Alexander walk in the hallway, and it's uh, super awkward. Uh, they reach their destination, which is the school teacher, and Alexander won't answer any questions. And then they get to that date of birth you were referencing, Jimmy, and it is awkward as fuck. Right? <laughs> I loved it though. I loved it. It was so perfect. But why would he? He he, he kind of didn't know he had a kid until you know Kalar like told him right so right. it's not necessarily his fault that he doesn't know they're it's no place. less embarrassing for him than i don't know <laughs> how many years jimmy it's funny thing. i mean how many years has he been uh but i want to say in this scene um i thought that the teacher lady was a little heavy-handed like the whole time she's like there's it seemed like there was immediately a uh, there was a problem and like, or she sensed it or something. It's like, it's, it's a weird choice she's making. Like she already knows that Alexander's going to be an issue um, or that, you know, like she's not trying to be comforting because he is standoffish and doesn't answer, but that's not uncommon for a kid right. who's in a brand new situation. You know, it's like, I would want my kid's teacher to be a little more 
welcoming or you know like yeah. open and like kids are smart they can see through the the fake concern which mm-hmm. is what it comes across as to yes. me as well like it's it's such bad you know bedside manner for yes. <laughs> like jimmy yes. says that's ex- that's even better yeah it was and conceivably in the this future where it's a utopia, she chose this job, right? Like she wants to do this. Right? <laughs> so you like... see, she didn't you thought she didn't want to be there? It's like yes. she, I hate kids. I hate that I don't know how to talk to children, but I'm doing it for the paycheck. Like she doesn't have to do it for the paycheck. I don't know why I she... wanted to be a doctor, but they only accept one person a year. <laughs> I wanted to dance, damn it. <laughs> well in the ready room picard is waiting for Worf, and he is super impatient and then Worf gets phone calls we've never seen this we've in any never episode. seen this happen and then at some point one of them i think crusher was like oh there's no rush and i'm like but you called him and you like <laughs> in theory like pushed past any sort of do not disturb notification that may have come like what is happening right it's before email this whole call could have been an email right this is one of my favorite (laughs) things about sci-fi is you can it's a measuring stick of where we were right so like Mm. they just had no idea we only had phones which you really couldn't turn off there wasn't it wasn't common anyways for them to have a silent mode and now we just take it for granted it's like well of course you put it on silent if you're going to be anywhere where you don't want to be disturbed you can be you know do not disturb um but they just didn't have that then so they're like why wouldn't you be interrupted anytime someone hails your communication badge um because it was so embarrassing for him i mean right on (laughs) right after not knowing his kid's birthday and then it's like gosh shit what a day i'm having (laughs) (laughs) boss boss i'm so sorry i'm late right right. he'd rather fight 10 balduck warriors (laughs) right correct exactly which it when uh picard's when he tells him to leave i thought that was a little condescending he's like right Shushu, off with you then. Go, go be a father, I guess. <laughs> I am told this is a thing that's important. I don't care, though, but I, I will never have children. We go to the conference room, and some dude is explaining what is about to happen. We're about to have some warp without warp drive. Uh, anyone want to talk about this this alien's look? His yeah. ass face? His, his ass, ass face. face. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't like gonna to say him. anything because I thought I'd be the, you know, the bigot in the crowd. But as soon as I saw, like, he's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about his orifice I don't like. Well, after the meeting, Troy is all up in Worf's business about Worf not making it to the father-son field trip. Boundaries, which is a thing. right? Boundaries, but also, you know. <laughs> Uh, and he says, very well, excited. Like, like, I don't know why she was so giddy that she gets to like talk. I mean, does she not have one-on-ones with Worf often? And that she's just like, Oh, I loved, I want to be able to, to help you and what the things you're doing. She just seemed very excited to, to give Jeez. her counselorness to him. She's going to get some one-on-ones with Worf. That's for sure. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> uh, on the field trip, they're looking at a diorama, which I'm glad dioramas still exist. Mm. Uh, of a white rhino, <laughs> which probably does not still exist. Uh, now they go to look at some animals, uh, some endangered species, and Alexander gets called out for taking a, a model off of a table. Worf doesn't believe it, says he doesn't didn't take it, and then finds a lizard in Alexander's pocket. 
And this is where we get, uh, after this incident, Worf's personal log, I would rather fight 10 Balduck warriors than face one small child. This teacher has it out for uh, Alexander already, right? Yeah. Shown again. Right? ACAB. <laughs> it is. And um, I'm glad you brought that up about the personal again, uh, Kate, because it struck me for the first time in that episode with maybe it was because it was Worf. It was like, how emotionally intelligent of these people that they like have these check-ins with themselves or the like a personal log about the difficulties or something they may be having like that, that uh, it, it hadn't struck me before, even though we've heard it dozens and dozens of times throughout these five seasons. It's like suddenly it was like, Oh, it's a bit of social emotional learning of being aware of uh, where you are and then, and putting it out there. Mm. It almost yeah, makes you, it's like you, you have to be accountable now because it's you, you've, you put it for. I also wanted to point out there's that moment coming up here where uh, Worf asks Alexander why he did it. Yes. And he says, I don't know. And that mm. is just, that's just so real. Like they don't know why they do stuff. Like, and they're not lying to you. They literally don't know why they yeah. did this thing. Like, and it's, it's great to see Worf try and grapple with that in a way that he doesn't respond necessarily how I would expect him to mm. like it, 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 it baffles him, but he's not a knee jerk about it, which I thought he might be yeah. it was an interesting moment. Well, and he responds to that with uh, telling the story, right. About the brothers in the statue who fought because of dishonor Charles and sort of brings, Morat. which, you know, is a, a nice way of teaching a lesson without that knee-jerk reaction, right? Like mm. something, and also something that Alexander wouldn't have known about probably being raised by his grandparents. So also an important story to tell. So I like that scene. I do too, because Brian Bonsell is actually a really good actor uh, in, in this whole mm. episode, but especially this scene, because he doesn't, it's so easy. I mean, we've seen the kid actors in the previous episode this season, that were hamming it up and weren't able to really look <laughs> not at the camera and he gets all that technical stuff down but he also doesn't like overact mm -hmm. which is such a it could have been very much well done in this script of like you know being much more defined and being you know but he's really reserved in his choices um and it is good to see right it's just yeah. like you're like oh i can actually i it feels like an actual real conversation that a, a child would have had with with uh with his father yeah, it ends with Alexander saying, I'm sorry, father, I won't ever do it again. I promise. Worf says, I take you at your word. Mm. Done. Parenting over. Done. You don't need to do anything Done. else. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> Troy talks to Worf about it and he's like, nope. Like, I took care of it. I took care of that shit. Don't worry about it. He's like, you can't tell about the bad use my really good dad. Uh, on the bridge, they're getting ready to start the launch and the wave heads towards... Uh, the ship that they're going to be following. They enter warp and follow behind. The ship is a little faster, but it's it's going to be okay. Uh, and it's suddenly 450% more efficient at 98% than warp drive. I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> it is crazy. <laughs> Eric. I spent a lot of time, like Jimmy was talking about the... Uh, star dates earlier and and all of that stuff and like i've always considered myself a a kind of knowledgeable you know nerd about certain things and this is the kind of stuff that i might have known way back then like a little bit of it 
but they talk about stuff happening a couple hundred years ago. I can't do that math in my head as to when that would be. They talk about, you know, they're getting within 20 kilometers of this thing that's out of control. And I'm like, motherfuckers, that's close. That's super close. I do not understand the science of this episode and I love it. The percentage of the percentage of the efficiency was also where like, yeah, what? Right. And they don't bring this up again, as far as I can remember. Like this fantastic technology, uh, right. that Jordy the potential was so of it, about. right? The 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 soliton wave. My favorite thing that happens in any Star Trek episode happens because suddenly there is an explosion, and we get to have a slow motion fall out of their chairs, which is just always my favorite. Anytime we get sort of a battle bridge look. I laughed out loud when I was watching this and my wife was, she was like, what's so funny? I'm like, well, it, it's not really supposed to be funny, but I just see Jonathan Frakes, you know, ass uh, on his ass with his <laughs> hands and feet up in the air. And I know that he had to do that without us thinking it was actually like he had to do that just standing still with everybody all at the same time. And then the woman <laughs> who's at the console station, she completely falls out of her chair, yes. too, which I thought was a, a good touch. Uh, they get a call from the cool alien and Jordy's like pep talk. Hey buddy. <laughs> it was really cool there for a moment, man. It's really point cool. break. Right? <laughs> What's the name of the big wave that he catches in point break? He's like, yeah, you got to do that. Yes. Before you got arrested. <laughs> um, Worf goes to see the teacher. Uh, she, uh, we don't trust her, but she tells us that <laughs> Alexander's behavior in class has been defiant and aggressive. He has trouble paying attention. He takes toys. And my favorite is he says, Worf said, Klingons do not listen to teachers. <laughs> I did not say that. Yes. <laughs> he felt compelled to say. <laughs> I love that. Which I have totally been right. in a parent, te parent teacher conference where I'm like, nope, that was, that was not, I just want to let you know. <laughs> I'm not in trouble here, am I? <laughs> <laughs> he storms off to go find Alexander and finds him in the holodeck fighting. And Worf suddenly gets proud papa. It's a nice moment, yeah. right? You see I like the choice where he's like, he he actually yeah. like does like yes. the movements along with Alex. And he's like, yeah, just punch him in the face. Oh, 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 get him. <laughs> and I got to say, I kind of like the, the choreo too. It's It moves real quick. It incorporates camera movements into it. Like it, it's, I think, a step forward in, in their fight scenes. And they even get a little fucking kid to do it. Like Alexander's <laughs> doing most of that. So like, it's neat. I think Good. it's one of the better fight scenes we've seen. The spin move. Uh, once Alexander wins, I like that he waits until the fight is over. Worf confronts him about his behavior. They uh, fight, not physically. I was waiting for that, but not physically. And Worf grounds him. He won't take him to see the creatures uh, that they saw on the field trip the other day. Uh, and I will arrange for you to go to a Klingon school. Alexander says, I won't go. And he says, will you further dishonor your family? And off. Alexander goes to his quarters. Yeah, we almost got a Riker on Riker kind of fight, uh, but we didn't. Uh, mm. That would have been nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, to have the uh, father and son fight there. Um, this was the only part where I'm like, man, okay, Alexander is a little bit different than I would because I would have been like, no, screw you. I mean, of course I'm going to dishonor our family. I don't care about you. Like, I, I felt like he gave in um, here uh, pretty pretty early. Just one of many reasons think. why you're not a good Klingon, Greg. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Also, I like that it's another little uh, peel back hint as to young Greg Tito, who we have learned was quite the rebel <laughs> these last few episodes. I've just learned so much about you, Greg. Tito! Uh, in school and then at home, I was the perfect angel. And that was that was the way to, to manage both lives. Ah, one of those. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was so close. On the bridge, they are monitoring the wave. Its velocity is increasing as it approaches its destination. And at its velocity, it will destroy everything, which is uh, apparently just like this experiment was not well thought out uh, or beta tested or I'm not sure where the breakdown happened. I guess they had to do it at the colony because the, the colony was supposed to send out the thing to dissipate the wave. Right, but, uh, right, right, right. Maybe not where children are. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on the moon. <laughs> you guys are so boring. You don't know how science works. <laughs> it's like a Schrodinger thing. Like, it, if there's no danger in it, then why do it? Yeah. It's uh, like uh, how many kittens fit in the tire. <laughs> I like that Riker kind of half blames Jordy for this, where he's like, because he, he kind of points it towards him, like, oh, I, your cool little technology is really killing people right. now, huh? Right. <laughs> you want to kick some rocks? How's your science now? <laughs> In counseling, uh, Troy is asking Worf, is this what he really wants? How will you feel when Alexander's gone? Uh, he says, I'll be pleased that he's getting guidance. And she says, it's easy for a child to feel like a burden to a single parent, which I feel like is a, I don't know what, it's an interesting tack to take because he immediately is like, no, 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 no. It's not about that, right? Like it's not, because it's difficult for me, it's because it would be better for him. Uh, and mm. then she points out, like, well, he's already lost his mother. Do you want him mm. to lose his father as well? Um, and she's saying exactly what you were talking about, like the why did you do it? I don't know. She talks about children don't deal with their feelings. They act on them. Um, and she says, you have a lot of healing to do. Perhaps you should do it together. It's a nice oh. little scene. It yeah, Troy's actually counseling and uh, giving yeah. some good, good advice, but in a way that doesn't feel like I'm giving you the advice that you need right now. Like she's like trying <laughs> to lead him into the own realization there. Like, I, and I and I like that uh, Michael Dorn just accepts that too and kind of does his like walk away and and like hmm, let me consider this new information, new perspective that she has given him uh, in this scene, which is yeah, uh, one I didn't have either. The other one, uh, so Alexander's last name is Roshenko. And Worf's last name is of Moog. So I'm now I'm just confused. <laughs> why why is why is Alexander Roshenko and not of Worf? Because he's been raised by humans. Yeah. And Worf took son of Moog when he joined the uh Starfleet, I would bet. Oh. During his early rebellion years, acceptance <laughs> of his culture. Then he's then Alexander's gonna change to son of Worf uh when he joins Starfleet. Yeah. And then we never hear from him again. Why not? <laughs> well, Worf goes to his quarters where Alexander is packing. Uh, Alexander says, you're ashamed of me. All you care about is your honor. Uh, Worf says, your mother would not want us to fight. And he says, my mother wouldn't send me away, which I just thought was a nice, tiny little fist jab just right in the gullet, right? That's a yeah. kidney yeah. shot right there. A kidney Ooh. shot. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. Yes. 
Yeah. In the conference room, Worf comes in late. He's late a lot uh, <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> Just a few days into being a parent and already. It's like you never saw Mr. Mom. Each time he's late, he brings dishonor upon not just him, but Alexander, too. It's true. In the conference room, he comes in late, and they are trying to figure out what to do with that damn wave. (laughs) They have two choices. Uh, One is an explosion that is more dangerous, but more likely to work. And so they're like, do the one that is scary. And they have some sort of a science explanation about how it's getting bigger and they can't get around it. Because that was my first thought was like, well, you just go under it or to the left or to the right. Right. (laughs) Right. They they oftentimes don't think in other dimensions when they're I think you're uh, overestimating the size of space. (laughs) (laughs) Much more confined. Well, I love they start to chase it and then they send Warren sick bay. There might be casualties like this shit's intense, like fast. Yeah. Yeah. They never do that. And the other times, though, they're like, oh, yeah, Warren sick bay. Like what? Like, are right? they always on alert? Just go to red alert. Like, yeah. just go to red alert. Yeah, that's Everybody's what it means. Warned. Everybody get ready. <laughs> shit's going to happen. I'm just going to go to red alert. There, fix it. <laughs> we're gonna live. We're gonna live in red alert the whole time. Shit's gonna be efficient when I'm in charge. Because red, you might be dead. <laughs> That's how I remember as uh, Eric's number one. Thank you, uh, thank you, Numero Uno. I think this is a lower decks episode, actually. <laughs> Alexander goes to see the little uh, creatures, the little, I don't know if we can call them Muppet creatures, but the little puppet (laughs) creatures, because I don't know who made them. Um, He falls when they enter the wave and they're starting to evacuate levels and there's a fire and they're just about to put it out when they realize there's a life sign and it's a tiny one. Isn't there a radioactive resistant robot with super strength on the (laughs) ship somewhere? Well, the time limit's not for them. It's for uh, they have three minutes before that thing destroys the planet, right? So they got to they got to. I'm get just them talking out. radiation, fire, things right. like that. Yeah, right, right. No, they do have a dude that can uh, handle all of that. All. He's always on red, dude. <laughs> well, they can't get the door open, so Worf sort of MacGyver's it. And flames come out the door. Flames. Backdraft. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Alexander is trapped under a beam. It's too heavy. He says, Father, my leg hurts. I'm scared. And Worf gets dad strength. No, 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 no. Yes. Moves the beam that still has rebar in it. And I was like, they still use rebar? This feels like something that we might have. (laughs) That was cost cutting. (laughs) Moved past. And then Riker's like, what do I do with this lever? This this lever I brought here. What am I going to do with it? I love Riker makes a point. It's like, there's no way two of us can lift this. Let me go find something. Yes. It's 98% more efficient. Right. Just in case you guys didn't know at home that Worf is really strong right now. (laughs) He holds it out. Well, they're just about to escape, but Alexander makes them stop for the creatures. The puppets. Even though they're about to be uh, overrun with radiation. 
on the deck uh they say fire the torpedoes and we don't know if they're gonna make it but they do it's they fine it's totally oh. fine is, oh you had oh my god i was so they close. went yeah. warp seven 35 oh. kilometers in front of this thing and dropped bombs on it. <laughs> this is just, this is, this is Captain Kirk science. We've come nowhere. We've come nowhere. <laughs> oh, uh, they come out under the bridge. He says, we made it, sir. The boy is going to be all right. And then Alexander tiny coughs in Worf's face. <laughs> I've got the black lung pop. God, he's done <laughs> It's so pathetic, but it is very endearing. It really it's is so like so endearing. How a real child would die. No. Was... <laughs> Oof. Oof. The method acting. <sighs> in sick bay, we find out he had smoke inhalation, hence the tiny cough, and a hairline <laughs> fracture of his tibia. He says, "I'll be good at the Klingon school. You'll be proud of me." Uh, and then Worf says, if you wish to face a bigger challenge, you can stay with me. We can face the challenge together. To which he says, I accept your challenge, father. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. Exactly. It's like I was there. It's like I was there. <laughs> I was in sick bay. And Finally. So that line. I've been waiting for that moment for like 10 years. <laughs> that line is. Uh is is special to me because i was on tour when this episode came out of wyoming with the uh aids education play secrets uh and my castmate shannon mahoney and i weren't old enough to go out to the bar so we we're in the hotel room we watched star trek this episode was on and i accept your challenge became a phrase between the two of us for for the rest of our college career uh and afterwards where it, it was any way to say an affirmative was, I accept your challenge, father. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love this episode. Let's let's talk about it, shall we? Uh, Greg, what are your, believe it or not, we're at the final moment. I believe what, it. I believe it. What are your um, thoughts? I am going to give this one uh, eight endangered puppets that uh, don't move in any way that looks uh, real or lifelike, but it's also very endearing because uh, that's what this episode kind of was. It felt really uh, wonderful to have a uh, episode where Worf's relationship with uh, Alexander is explored in such a way that felt not... Um, like like it was a get to the side like it was the a plot it was something mm -hmm. that we were really concentrating on and it is not one that you see very often in sci-fi of um you know uh two people who are are both out of their home place uh and having to adjust together uh as well as you know single fatherdom as well all the all these things uh kind of came together um in, in uh, you know in those situations having a, a teacher who just doesn't understand uh is also quite realistic uh, at least from my experience and so i felt very much uh, like the writers of this understood my milieu uh and of course then when i was a kid watching this i you know identified a lot more with with the kid and that whole uh plot line yeah. but then yeah exactly and now as as being a a father myself i can get a lot more of um, the emotionality of those scenes with Troy of like, oh, you, you really do need to do this. And I give I give worth of a little bit more of a, a pass than Jimmy does because he didn't know. Right. He didn't know any of the, the uh, he didn't have the 
the raising it from a uh, the, the child from a from a baby to four or five years old. So he is uh, is is learning along and realizing how important it is uh, for it going on. And I think that's what this episode is about. And that's why I liked it. Fantastic. Eric, tell us. Well, here's the thing. <clears throat> I love Mr. Mom. So nine out of 10 there. And I love Armageddon. So nine out of 10 there. <laughs> but you put them both together. And I think you're getting about a six and a half from me. <laughs> this was an awkward marriage of plots. And I plotted at least three or four times at the ridiculousness of it. Um, but also like it was fun. So six and a half and I'm, I'm out. It was great to talk about much more fun than it was to watch for me. <laughs> Jimmy. Uh, well, first I'm going to give the Armageddon and Mr. Mom comparison a 10. <laughs> uh, I think I'll give it seven uh, annoying communication interruptions. Um, uh, it was a, it's a pretty good episode overall. I thought it was fun. the The plots are you know they don't inform each other like the A and B plots often do on Star Trek. Uh, but I loved that idea of the sci fi plot that they. Tr- they introduced but didn't really pursue uh and that's a brand new way of achieving warp drive i would have given it more points but as we know star trek tng ends the the series ends with there's a major problem with warp travel and it's actually uh it's destroying the space-time fabric of the universe um and this never comes up again like hey you know we actually came across uh, (laughs) a A promising, you know, somewhat promising way of of handling this, and it's just forgotten. It's like in this this uh, uh, a, a vacuum for this episode. Um, but anything that gives you a backstory about one of our, you know, main characters is kind of cool. So we get to learn a little bit more about Worf. Um, you don't have to watch this episode, unfortunately, because the science doesn't inform the rest of the series. Uh, and we don't. I mean, we see Alexander as he grows up on the show a little bit, but. Unfortunately, we've never been reintroduced to Alexander in a meaningful way in this. I don't know enough about DS9 to know if he comes back there and we get to to see him as a, a closer to a manhood. But seven-ish for me. All right. Uh, I'm going to give it seven and a half tiny coughs. So one of the coughs <laughs> is like a... Eh. Uh, the rest of them are like... Eh. Uh, <laughs> It's for all the reasons you said. I mean, for one thing, it's just I love a war centered uh, episode, especially um, as we've gone forward in the seasons and they've let his character grow uh, so much from that first season. And they we've gotten, I think, so many lovely little glimpses into his life with his parents, um, you know, with Kalon, with uh, with. Um, now with Alexander, like, I just think it's nice to have these little snippets um, for a character who is ostensibly like brought in to be the big heavy, right? Like, like I'm mm. the muscle. Uh, and now we get this tender father son episode. Mm. It's just really nice. Um, and I think you're right, Jimmy, like in terms of how it affects things, you know, if you care deeply about Alexander's backstory, then that's important. But uh, 
it certainly isn't a must watch, but it is a lovely watch, I will say. Mm -hmm. And I will also say it's been lovely speaking with all of you about it. It's been too long. Uh, speaking yes. of it's been too long, my pants are <laughs> Thank you so much for riding along with us on this episode of Re-Engage. Next week, we continue our mission with the next episode of the fifth season of Star Trek The Next Generation. Follow Re-Engage on Blue Sky and the site formerly known as Twitter at ReEngageTNG to get updates when episodes are published. You can follow our various cultural bridge officers. Kate Yeager is at Yeagerlicious. Eric Curry is at Eric Falls Down. Greg Tito is visible at GregTito.com and at GregTito on Twitter and Blue Sky. Jimmy G is at the Jimmy G on Insta. Re-Engage is edited by Greg Tito, Kate Yeager, or Jimmy G. Logo artwork is by MojoJojo underscore 97 on Twitter or Mojo97.com. Theme music is by Ryan Marth. Thanks for listening. Join us next week as we re-engage. <laughs>